You're listening to RGV Titan Radio. We are the 956. The views and opinions expressed by our guest, host, and or DJs do not, we repeat, do not reflect the official policy or position of RGV Titan Radio, our affiliates, or our sponsors. RGVTitanRadio.com. We are the 956. podcast here on rgb titan radio we are the 956 we are your hosts i'm will and i'm bob and will darling light of my life happy (laughs) one year anniversary baby happy one year anniversary brother that's fucking crazy man one year of the movie know-it-all podcast yes this is our one year anniversary episode man and we are going to be doing a uh, very special review um that uh, our very first full review that we did, we we actually got our start uh, here on RGV Titan Radio. Uh, Chris uh, Chris P from uh, the uh, the Average Boys podcast actually invited us on to uh, to his show so that we could very talk cool about so that we could talk about it chapter two. And uh, mm-hmm. from there, apparently, they liked us enough to say, you know what, guys, you guys talk too much, so just uh, you know, go on your own show. <laughs> <laughs> And our very first episode was actually The Shining. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, back then we were, back then we were we were young uns, and uh, we we, uh, we we decided that we could do a whole hour on a movie, and then we quickly decided that uh, that wasn't long enough. That yes, we could was not enough time. <laughs> way longer. So, but we did get we've our been doing it every, We've been doing it every week since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And man, I got to tell you guys, uh, I I am so proud. I am so happy that that we've made it this far. Uh, like everybody that's ever downloaded the show, listened to an episode, said anything to us saying that they liked our show, man. It it means the world. Uh, I think I can speak for Bob when I say that it means the world to us. And uh, it's it's very it's very humbling uh, to know that that something that we do on our spare time can mm. get can get you know uh, uh, an audience and and can entertain at least one person out there yeah absolutely it, it, it's it's been a real blast guys and like we 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 have we have fun doing this and i i sincerely <clears throat> from the bottom of my heart i appreciate every single one of you that's taken the time to like message me and let me know like man i was listening to your show like uh, at work or you know hey you should bring me on the show like i want to i want to talk movies with you guys and like we do plan on doing some more of that. Like we really do. Yeah. We get caught up in, in our stuff. And and right now we hit that that one year mark, man. Like we mm-hmm. I think we did a pretty good job, man. We've done a pretty good job so far. I'm glad that people enjoy enjoy listening to us enough that they keep us going. They they hear yeah. us every week. So it's you know, so- you know, you go out there, you want to do good, you know, you hope to do good, you try to do good. I pretty good. I you do pretty good. <laughs> so uh right, man. yeah guys on that note man we're gonna go ahead and uh, uh celebrate our one year anniversary by going back to the stephen king well and uh talk about a uh a film that came out well it was last year right it yeah, came out last right. year that is a sequel 
to what is considered quite possibly the greatest horror film ever made, which is Stephen King's The Shining. Uh, now, The Shining came out in 1980, right? The book came out in what, 1976? 36? And Stephen King actually wrote a sequel uh, called, uh, coincidentally Sleep. enough, Dr. Sleep. <laughs> uh, back in, uh, what was it, uh, 2016? Like exactly, yeah, like, exactly 40 years later? Yeah, it was yeah. almost 40 years to the day. Yeah. yeah. That he wrote that he wrote the uh, uh, the the sequel to the novel uh, called Doctor Sleep. Uh, he had actually gotten the idea like a couple years earlier uh, when somebody came up to him at a at an autograph session and asked him, "Hey, what what do you think ever happened to Danny Torrance after after he got out of the hotel?" And that that question, question. kind of yeah, like that question kind of stuck with him. Like he always jo- he always joked about it, you know. But uh, um, I guess one day he did, finally decided to take that answer seriously and wrote a story about it. Damn good one, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, Stephen King's stories are, are, are you know, they're pretty much the same or, or they're, they're devoid of, of certain, you know, Stephen King-isms or whatever. But from, from what I gather, from my experience with Stephen King, is that, his stories, while they do share like a common thread, they're each done in a certain way, and and each book is a different kind of horror and a different kind of story and stuff. So, but like that's the that's the great thing about it is that like even with all that, like you do kind of come to learn that yeah, a lot of them are the same story, but it's because or a lot of them feel like the same story, and they feel that way because they're all in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these movies take place in the same universe. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite theories that I had ever read was that the kids from from it, the kids from Derry, uh, they all shine, and that's why they were able to come together and defeat Pennywise is because they all shine like Danny does, they mm-hmm. they shine like Carrie does, like the little girl from Firestarter, like the little boy from Cujo, like they're all psychic in one way or another. And. Yeah. Um, if you actually take the time to read the books and follow them, and like this is not trying to sound in any kind of like kind of condescending way, because <laughs> I get to catch up with them. Like yeah. he, he it's not books. it's not meant to sound that way, but it will. <laughs> it will. You'll take it. You'll take it that way. you'll take it and you'll like it. But yeah. like, <laughs> I, I think the, the thing is, is that by the time you finish reading a Stephen King book, he's already written two, and yeah. it's it's insanely hard. And insanely painful to like keep up with it, and and especially even when you have the time, like he has books that he drops that he just like I forgot I wrote that. Like what the fuck are you, dude? <laughs> yeah. Like how do you do that? Like how yeah, do you try asking him about it? <laughs> yeah. Like how do you forget that you wrote a whole book? I'm like, dude, I've never been that ripped. But, like, <laughs> Yeah, but, man. I remember one time I went up to the coast and I, and I, I took some shrooms and next thing I knew, I'm on a book tour. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah. <laughs> he thought he was Clyde Barker, but um, <laughs> yeah, man. So like, you get this these these really fantastical stories that all have a very similar thread to it when it comes to psychics and authors and things of that nature. Like, and some of them aren't connected at all, and they yes, they are almost identical. Their characters are almost identical, but at the same time, it's kind of what you like about him. It's, I think it's one of the things that people like about Stephen King is that you can keep, like, 
going back to the swell and you already know these characters you already like these characters even though they have different names and different origins they're still the same characters sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of like going back going back to uh uh you know going back to like going back home you know like everything really? seems familiar like you don't remember every single thing about it or you don't you don't know every single thing about it but but everything just feels familiar you know oh, and okay. dr sleep is no is is no exception man like like what you said uh that that you have a, a a feeling that the kids from the shine that the kids from it actually have the shining like they 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 have that power and the beauty about this movie and and let's go ahead and get started on it man is that this movie kind of expands on that power it expands yeah. on the universe of these kids uh, who have these these uh, extraordinary abilities? Now they're not all uh, psychics or, or or shiners or whatever, but but each each power has like each person has their own different type of power, their own way of shining. Yeah, exactly. They all have like, their own way of shining. Like one character, uh, while well, one character is a powerful psychic, another one is like somebody who she says something and the person does it right 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 she can control you yeah and and it it's it, it expands it in a in a very brilliant way uh from uh, from the point of view of the uh of the antagonist of this movie called the uh what is it the true knot cult the true knots yes the true knots now <laughs> now we 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 begin the story with with uh with an introduction back in 1980 and we were taken back to the hotel uh, right. from, from the movie, which is faithfully recreated by director Mike Flanagan, dude. Like he, he uh, has the ability to uh, to kind of bring us back while using the modern filming techniques that that he has at his disposal and making it look like this. Th- these scenes were shot in the eighties. And and what I'm about to say is going to sound like I'm really on Mike Flanagan's dick about. His- <laughs> Uh, and it's because there's going to be a lot of that in the, uh, that episode, by the way. So you guys might want to strap it on, you know, strap I, down. I, I am fucking like <laughs> every, everything Mike Flanagan has done so far has uh-huh. impressed me, has been just very much impressed me. Um, he, he directed, um, Gerald's game for Netflix, yes. mm-hmm. which was a movie that I, I was I was so in my head, like, you cannot make that a movie. Like, you can't do 90 minutes of a woman tied to a bed in her own head. Like, yeah. it won't work. And unbe-fucking-leavable how well he did it. Like, it was and that amazing. Is, yeah, and that is one of the scariest movies I have seen in a while. You were there when I saw it. We saw it together, yeah. man. We saw it together. One. My wife freaking freaked out, and she couldn't sleep for days after we saw that movie, by the way. It's, like it's, she was mad at me for so long. <laughs> it's such a fucking creepy film. And like, yeah. it was one that I was like, you can't make that movie. I've said that a lot about Stephen King films. Like you can't make that into a new movie. Like it won't work. And if you do, you have to change so, so much. And like, I've been saying it for years about the, sh- about, uh, about it. You can't really do an it movie without changing a fuck ton of it. And they had, it's exactly what they had to do. They had to change a fuck ton of the movie. Like, both versions of that film, they change so, so goddamn much. Yeah. Like, there's, like, 80% of book left untapped in both of these films. And, like, it, it, he has this innate ability to take a story that would be very difficult to put on film, and he does it. He did a great job with Hush. 
that was an amazing fucking uh, Netflix movie. A very cool movie. If you guys haven't seen The Haunting of Hill House, I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for. Yeah. Like, shit, what an amazing show that is. What a terrifying that, story that is. That, that series is so well made. And the fact that it is so stuffed to the brim with Easter eggs and hidden content, like in the background of every shot. Like, I don't know if you know, but like every single shot in that show, there's that's, it, yeah, that's, that's, that's inside the house that takes place inside the house. There's a ghost hiding in the background. Yeah. There's a ghost somewhere everywhere in that show. It's and amazing. Like, it's amazing how they're able to do that. It's utterly incredible. So when they gave him Dr. Sleep, uh, I was excited. I hadn't finished reading the book at that point in time. And, like, it is a very, like, convoluted book. There's so much happening. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I'm going to get chewed out for this by my fellow readers, but it's a better book than The Shining. Uh, I say uh-huh. that because if you, if you take the time to read The Shining, there's so much of it from the point of view of Danny. So mm-hmm. for a lot, a lot of that book... Um, is written like a five-year-old and it's real like daddy's upset again and he's been drinking and he's he sometimes when daddy gets mad he hits walls and i'm like oh shut the fuck up like (laughs) like i'm sorry it gets really frustrating after a while like really just get to the naked lady in the bathtub will you (laughs) right real and like uh (laughs) there's just there's so much going on in that and like in in the new book in dr sleep there's Oh my God, there's so much going on in that book. And yeah. introducing brand new characters like this, uh, characters that we've never seen before, we've never really experienced, but are yeah. like ancient, almost like vampires in a way. Like, uh, even like, yeah, like one of them's related to, to Barlow in the story too, like Barlow from Salem's Lot. Oh, really? Yeah, one of them's like, I think it's supposed to be his brother or something. Yeah, because like, these characters are 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 old. Like in the movie, they don't really say how old they are, but they're, it's it's insinuated that they're very very old. And they even like with with the, with the one of them, Lurch, uh, uh-huh. that fucking when he dies, he tells Rose the hat. He says, "I'm afraid," and she says, "You're not afraid. Like you're 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 a god. Like they built statues to you. They worshipped you. Like." And she talks about how he watched empires fall and he traveled the new world and he discovered places that like people didn't know about. Like mm. they're ancient as fuck. Yeah. And like I love the idea behind that. And and one of the things that I I just to go back to like again, like I said, just to jump on Mike Flanagan's dick again. Like one of the things that I was very, very, very nervous about, very, especially when I saw the trailer. Because it was one of those, like, oh, I, I can't, again, and like I've said before on, on, on quite a few episodes, one of the things that I cannot stand is merit <laughs> comparability to fucking uh, Stanley Kubrick, to literally yeah. everything that he's done. I hate hearing people compare their movie to The Shining. So now you have a movie that is going to be a direct sequel to The Shining, and it's also going to be difficult to do because you're going to do a sequel to Kubrick's Shining not King's Shining, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. You have to take the movie and go in a different direction. And mm-hmm. they did. They did go in a different direction. And they took it to the same, it, it took it to the same place. And 
one of the things that I was worried about is that he was going to try really fucking hard to make this movie look like a Kubrick film. And yeah. I fucking hate that. I hate when people <laughs> to make their movie look like a Kubrick film. It's one of those, like, I get it, bro. You've been to film school. Like, get over yourself. I can't stand <laughs> Yeah, Kubrick it's invented Kubrick. all the cliches, man. He yeah, invented all the cliches. <laughs> and when you, try, when you try to do all the cliches, you're trying to make your movie look like a Kubrick film, and it's always going to fail because you're not Kubrick. Like, more, I, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you're not Stanley <laughs> Kubrick. It's okay nope. to not be Stanley Kubrick. It's not totally even Spielberg. Okay. Who, not even Spielberg could be Kubrick. Mm-hmm. And he tried. He tried. <laughs> he fucking failed. Yeah. But he tried, bless his heart. Yeah. Unless anybody tried. He, he, did better than, I, he did better than a lot of other people, but, you know, it, it still yeah. wasn't as good as it could have been. And it's not going to be. It's never going to be. Like, And it's okay to not be Kubrick. Like I say, the only people who ever have anything nice to say about Kubrick are assholes like me that never worked with him. <laughs> yeah. Everybody that worked with Kubrick would tell you he was a fucking monster and yeah. a goddamn perfectionist. So here you have this movie that undoubtedly he would have hated simply mm-hmm. because it's a fucking sequel to his film. Like, he would have hated it strictly a million percent for that fucking reason. One. Yeah, like that's exactly why he would have fucking hated it, and like here you are with this movie where he 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 really went a totally different direction with it. Like mm-hmm. he directed it in his very own dark and gloomy way, and then he gets to the third act where they make it back to the Overlook, yeah. and shit gets so Kubrickian. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> It's so fucking Kubrick. All his shots, great party, isn't it? Sorry, so, I'm yeah. watching it right now. Like, so, so let me, let me, let me, let me just, yeah, and and I want to bring that up, man, because <clears throat> while I take it back to the at the at the end of the movie, there are parts at the beginning of the movie where where they do show flashbacks with new actors, and yes. the actors that they got to play Danny. The actors that they got to play uh, uh, Scatman Carruthers' uh, role, Shelley yeah. Duvall's role, are spot on, dude. And I got to tell you, man, she... like, the, like the emotion that I felt going yeah. back and seeing the aftermath of of yeah. what this child went through, and you see yeah. what happened after after they got back from the hotel and he's having these nightmares and he's having these like encounters with the spirits and he's he's uh they're still with him and uh i keep forgetting i keep forgetting his his name uh uh, carruthers uh character um dick holleran yeah holleran like he's he's holding like he's still there with him teaching him how to use his gift and Mm. it, it shows him like not really getting over it or, 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 you know, you know, totally harnessing it, but it shows him learning how to control it. And that's something, that's something that could have been its own film, Mm -hmm. you know, but we go, that's why you could have, you could have spent the whole movie avoiding the overlook and it would have been just as good. It would have been just as interesting to follow Danny Torrance, like all the way to the end. And, like, one of the things that really, like, that I really fucking, like, because Ewan McGregor is, is fucking amazing in everything that he does. You know, fucking yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. He made like, the Star Wars movies look good. <laughs> he, really, he really fucking did. And, like, 
he was so phenomenal in, in, in that. He's so fucking good in everything that he's in, really. Like, even bad movies, he's really good in. Like, he he was genuinely my favorite part of Birds of Prey. Like, and him, him playing... And there's an a lot of good in that movie, movie, dude. There's, a lot there's of good so much... I fucking love Birds of Prey. Like, yeah. I will fuck... I'll fight any last one of you on it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> It's a it's a great movie. Would you Everybody say would you fight. say would you say he shined in the role? Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. And I would. I would I would totally <laughs> say but he's so What's fucking good. He's so fucking good in this movie. Like and I love that he's that it starts off as adult Danny and then goes to eight years later with yeah. him being sober. When they start off with adult Danny, when they start off with him, he's an alcoholic, just like Jack was. And the reason he drinks so much is because it stifles the voices in his head. It makes everything go away. It makes his shine dull. And and that's why he drinks, because it keeps him out of trouble. It keeps him out of of the eyes and the minds of those things that are trying to consume him. Like, you find out very much in this movie, the way they, because they don't really explain it in King's in King's movie. I'm sorry, Kubrick's movie. Uh, they don't really explain why the hotel wants Danny so much. Mm-hmm. Like the things inside of it, the thing, the the hotel itself is trying to consume his shine. Like it's trying to eat it. And you and they find explain out, that they explain that in the book. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like in the in the original book they do. Uh-huh. In in Kubrick's film they don't. It's something that he just kind of didn't care too too much about. Just that the house wanted him, or just that the hotel wanted him. So, like, these things are not limited to the hotel. They can go where they want, but their power lies in the hotel. Outside of it, Danny has more power. So he's able to push these things away, because you find out in this book that they follow him home. Like, the Mm -hmm. things that want him the most followed him out of the hotel. Like, they went after him. And he's able to stop them, not kill them, but stop them in a way. Like put them away, like lock them up in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's 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 so fascinating to like follow that story because it is one of those like what happened to Danny after the hotel? Mm-hmm. Like fuck everybody else. Really. Well, he grew up. <laughs> he grew yeah. up, and you know he had not not a, not what you would call a regular life, but he he uh, kind of grew into his powers. And that's yeah. another thing that I think this movie like just succeeds on in every single level is that like you said Kubrick didn't didn't embrace those elements from the uh, uh, Stephen King book. This right. movie does. It takes yeah. what Kubrick did and it adds those elements that were missing. And I think it's such a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Like, and like, and missing and I a Kubrick film, you know what I mean? And I think that watching this movie and and i gotta tell you man like like i watched this movie and then i watched the shining again i've seen the shining a hundred times oh yeah and then i and i watched the shining again and this movie makes the shining a better movie this is a wonderful companion to the shining and and it doesn't do anything to step on on the shining's toes it doesn't even as even though it goes back to the to the overlook hotel i don't think it's a gimmick I think that it is a 100% necessary uh, uh, place for the story to go. This is what... It's only natural. It was only... The the character Rose the Hat 
and the the cult of the Blake nine. Wonderful by by Rebecca Ferguson. God, she is incredible in this. Yeah. She's so fucking good. She's stunning, like, by the way. Stunning. She she treats humans like cattle, yeah. and I res- it's it's so like the things that she does, the things that that cult has to do in order to to survive. They have to consume the shine of children or of people. Yeah, and they they hunt mostly down children. Yeah, mostly children because children are unaware of it. Adults are able to push it away and hide it. Yeah, so it's harder to find them as adults, but it's easy to find them as children because they don't know what it is yet. Like they're still using it, and they have no idea what this is going to be, what it can do. And so you have this incredible like character who craves the shine. This cult that craves the shine the way the hotel does. Mm-hmm. So the the only way to stop her, like really, is to feed her to something that wants her shine more than she wants everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it's the hotel is a giant trap for people like them. Yeah. And it's amazing that they like they they somehow manage to drag her back to it. They drag her to it, like. It's such a brilliant way of of bringing the Overlook back because the Overlook in itself is the character. The Overlook yeah. is the bad guy in The Shining. Yeah, like everything about it is evil. And the thing about Kubrick's version is that mm-hmm. in in Kubrick's Shining, you don't really understand what a monster the hotel is until it's too late. In this movie. When they, by the time they get to the hotel, you know it's a monster. Yeah. And when Danny walks in, when he first walks in, and the light that he passes just like just turns on, like yeah. power shoots into the light bulb. Like I love that they're they're like it's waking up. Mm-hmm. Like we have to wake it up, and the only way to wake it up is to fucking dangle meat in front of it. Like he <laughs> uses himself as bait. And, like, you have this incredible moment where they're, like, just having a mind fuck to each other. Like, they're, they're trying to mind fuck one another. Uh-huh. It's, it's so good. And it doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel forced. Like, it doesn't, like, well, where else, where, where do we go from here? Like, well, obviously, we have to get to the hotel. Like, yeah. okay, for what? Yeah. Because the hotel is not, throughout most of the movie it's not a very big character they don't talk much about it in in Doctor it's Sp- only the, it's only looked at it in in flashbacks and and he kind of says it in passing to uh 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 to abra you mm-hmm. know to to the to the young girl character which we'll, we'll get to but yeah and and uh it, it's it's not really important to the to the to the main plot of the story right no, they just keep reminding you of the hotel because it's the only place that you can go to when it comes to this. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's it is the end game. And I fucking adore it. Like I adore yeah. every goddamn second of this movie. And and like so, uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, man, like like we the uh as far as getting to to the overlook and, and seeing where, where Danny uh Danny, uh, the places that he went after after the getting out of the hotel, like he turned into a wreck of a man. He turned into the the person that that I think his father was, yeah. who was who was just this just yeah. alcoholic who who who's just like like going through life, this broken man, 
Right. And I think that the turning point and and the the scene in this movie that really really like just just messed with my head. He uh we we uh, we see him the first time as an adult and he's waking up in some strange lady's bed. Oh, and yeah, he wakes yeah. up and he tries to leave, but like th- this this little kid shows up, and he mm-hmm. and he puts he puts a kid on the bed next to next to his mom who was naked, drunk, passed out on I don't know what kind of drug she's on, yeah. and he just leaves them, and yeah. he just leaves them right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then later on, he sees their spirits. Yeah, and he see he, they they tell him that. They haven't found this yet. They yeah. were so used to his crying that they didn't do anything. They haven't yeah. found this yet. Oh my god, dude! And that just like like I'm I'm losing it right now. Just that yeah. like just, it, just it's such thought. a fucked up scene. And and I think and I think that that like kind of wakens him up and it's like you know what I I I I got to do better than this you know, yeah. like I think that's a turning point for him, and he actually goes out and seeks help. Yeah, and that's the that's the and, big and, and, starting point for everything that 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 happens in the movie. And I love that, like, one of the things that I, I found really really beautiful, and this was um, one of the things that I adored so much in the book because, like, it made me cry so much. Was um, when they when he when he when they hired him to start working at the hospice, yeah. and they don't show too much of it in this film. Um, but they do show what he does, which I love is when he can feel people, uh, getting ready to die. He goes, sits with them and he comforts them. Like he goes and he comforts them before they die. Like him and the cat as he, yeah. And the cat. And he lets them know that like, this is this, this isn't the end. Like Mm. that death isn't, isn't the end for, for anybody like that. It's still, you still continue on. He doesn't know what happens next, but he knows that we still go on. And there's yeah. a real comfort in that, especially if you're going to die. I think there's a very real comfort in like somebody who's sure that we go on and that they can tell you that. You know what I mean? That they can assure you, like you will go on. There's, there's, there's more after mm-hmm. this. Like, there is a peace that you find, and I love that because it's yeah. one of those things that like. I would al- I would always I would want that. At the end of my life, I would want somebody that could tell me that. Whether or not, I don't care I don't care if I continue or or not. I just want to know. You know what I yeah. mean? Like mm-hmm. I think I think I just want to know. And I think it's a very beautiful thing that he does know and he comforts people in their moments of death. Yeah. Like it's it's something they played on a little bit more in the book and they I would have loved to have seen more of it in the film, but there's so much going on in this movie. <laughs> like, there's yeah. so much happening. So there's two uh, uh, there's two versions. Uh, there's the uh, a theatrical cut, which is two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and there's a director's cut, which is three hours. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you are in a time crunch and you want to go for the theatrical cut, the only thing that that the uh, that the director's cut adds is is um, a couple minutes here and there. Uh, yeah, you're not missing stuff. It's a it's a little it's a little more uh, adding to the story a little bit, but yeah, you're not really missing much. You but, see why they cut why you why they cut this. <laughs> yeah, it's all pace wise. Like it, yeah, if if you're asking me what a better what a better version is, it, it's the theatrical cut. The theatrical cut is a better version. Uh, yeah, it, the, it, it the, flows. The, it's got a better flow. The three hour cut is good. It's not not to say that it's not good. It's very good. But like yeah. if you want a better flow, most definitely yeah. the two hour cut. Yeah. Like, 
is is so either one either version's worth it mm-hmm. uh to me my opinion but um yeah the two and a half hour cut it it, it feels quicker it yeah. moves it, it has a better flow to it so uh we've already been introduced to uh uh to the cult we've already been introduced to uh to danny now i would say is like i i don't want to i don't want to uh downplay her character uh too much but let's just, let's just face it the MacGuffin of the story is uh is abra oh uh, yeah a young yeah. a young girl who has uh the the power of the shining just as powerful as danny uh mm-hmm. her name is abra stone played by uh uh kylie curran mm-hmm. brilliantly played great, like this this job. little girl is is great actress is like all attitude, man. I love the attitude that she puts into this character, dude. It's so hilarious, especially, especially when she's when she's uh, facing uh, Rebecca Ferguson, man. Like, yeah. like these two have chemistry like nobody's business, dude. It's so <laughs> you know, good, dude. Like you think that you think they were like Batman, Joker, mortal enemies. Like, exactly, and I loved it. They and did and, a real good job of of making them come off as mortal enemies, especially considering like the first three times that they meet are inside her mind like she doesn't physically till like the third act of the film so uh like we mentioned before rebecca ferguson's uh, character rose the hat is a uh i wouldn't call them immortal but they have been around a long time and she carries herself like she knows everything and she carries herself like this accomplished individual who knows exactly what she's doing and then she meets abra okay this what what is she like a nine-year-old child and like nine yeah and like she meets her match from this child who who knows that she has powers but doesn't really know how to control him and that's how powerful she is yeah and she tries to she tries to hide them away because it scares her parents yeah which yeah. I, I think is it's such a like because that's what danny does in the book yeah like he even talks about how he he tries to like hide it from mommy and daddy because it scares them and yeah. she even she even uses a line from the book where um, when she's talking to you and McGregor, and uh-huh. uh, she's saying this one time they didn't even they didn't look at her for a whole day once, and like that's oh Danny says that in the book like he didn't they didn't look at me for a whole day, like shit like that. And I love that they they added little nuances like that because like you yeah. were saying like she really is the McGregor of the story. We could have just as easily done this story with mm-hmm. it being Danny that, yeah. that saw her. Like it yeah. could have been Danny that came that she she they accidentally crossed paths in a dream, mm-hmm. and like she saw him and she was like, like you don't understand like this kid this man, like has powers like we've never seen them before, mm-hmm. and like have that whole dialogue like we didn't need the little girl like it could yeah. have just as easily been him, and you could have cut out like forty minutes from this movie. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the same time, I understand you you want to add a new character, especially if you're going to, like, uh, go the route that the movie did mm-hmm. um, and and end Danny, like, get rid of Danny as a character. And yet you want to yeah. keep the story of The Shining going. You have to add a new character. And um, and I love like, that they turn add- him. I love that they turned him into, like, the uh, uh, um, the like. He basically became the whole a hollering character, like yeah, the mentor character, and yeah. and I think and I think it 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 like kind of redeemed him, in a way yeah. that yes he he helped those those patients at, at the at the hospice center or whatever, 
but I think this redeemed him in more of a way that that he was supposed to be redeemed. Like his character turned from from a victim to just somebody who didn't care, and mm-hmm. like you know to uh, like to quote to quote a famous comic book saying, "With great power comes great responsibility." You right. know. He has a responsibility that was passed down to him from O'Halloran, who had the same ability and right. not as powerful. So, so when he Danny took that meets, responsibility, he took that responsibility when he spoke to Danny. Yeah, exactly. And even after his death, he he kept that responsibility. Like he 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 stuck around. Yeah, and that's because you gotta you also have to realize that in the book he doesn't meet his end. Like he doesn't yeah. die in the book. Dick Halloran survives in the book. He dies of yeah. old age. Uh-huh. Uh, in in Doctor Sleep, like I think he's like ninety two when he dies in the book. Yeah, and from like, what I heard, from what I heard in the book, he's actually still alive. And that scene on the bench is in the book, right? That yeah, scene yeah, on the yeah. bench is in the book, yeah. but in the movie, he's actually speaking to his spirit. Right, and it's which because, is brilliant. <laughs> it, it's, and that's why I was like, look at that! You managed to figure that one out. Like, good yeah, job. Exactly. I was like, because Kubrick, Kubrick was filming that movie for a fucking year before he realized there was no body count, and he was like. <laughs> Oh shit! Somebody's got to meet the axe. Yeah, let's like, get the black guy. Like, just kills his ass and like makes him probably one of the most useless like saviors in fucking movie history. Like he saved nothing. He saved nothing but twenty seconds. Is all he did. I love the like, fact that they spent. I love the fact that they spent half the movie showing him going back to the Overlook, and he's there for ten seconds, and he dies. <laughs> shit like he literally got he he didn't get past the entrance like he was walking through the entrance when jack just hey god sacks him in the chest like there's a great there's a great parody of the shining in the simpsons and that's so funny when they do that to to groundskeeper willie really? <laughs> is that the best you can do like, anyway so anyway man so so yeah dude the the uh we have we have these characters and they spend the movie kind of kind of doing doing battle and and I got to tell you man the whole uh the suspense and the horror in this movie are two totally different things right like the 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 horror is is I I, I don't think this movie is is very scary okay I think it's extremely suspenseful and like it, like it, for me at least it kept me on the edge of my seat and and I was so invested in the characters and 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 the situations that were going on especially the uh the the cult I was like like the uh, um like they they they're set up as the villains right but for yeah. some reason their charisma and the way they carried each other like like the way they actually legitimately did care about each other yeah. they, they like they love each other they don't play like villains they don't no. play like monsters. They they play like people who are like completely misunderstood, and like are are fucking kill. They're they're the kill it with fires of the world. Like if <laughs> yeah. people knew what they it, dude, if people like that existed, like and they had to fucking feed on like one or two people a year like that, like no way, dude. We'd have lit them on fire by now. <laughs> yeah, like I have no doubts we would we would have fucking chased them with pitchforks and lit them on fire. Like no yeah. fucking way. So you and have they... this. this no no go ahead and you have this what no listen you have this group of people that that they stay very close to one another and they protect one another and they love each other and they care about each other and they're Mm -hmm. not quick to let you into their circle 
even when you have that power, like yeah. they they sit and they discuss it. They have to like really like come to terms with the fact, like, do we bring this person in? Do we bring somebody else in that we have to feed or do we feed on them? And they yeah. even have that moment, like, is, is she one of us or is she food? Yeah. Like, do we bring her in or do we eat her? Which is such a fucking, like, freaky thought. Like, what a weird notion. Like, do we, do we bring this person in or do we eat them? There's this like, wonderful scene at the movie theater where, where they're picking up Snakebite Andy. Uh, yes. and she, she's this 15-year-old girl who uh, seduces men from the internet. And mm. she basically steals their money. And then marks them, like with 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 uh, with a mark, like letting everybody know that they're pedophiles. Yeah, you know? and then she forces them to confess. Yeah, which is which is like confess. so noble, such a noble cause, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I was, do like, love this character immediately. Yeah, but I was like hero, hero as yeah, fuck. Exactly, and then she's taken in by this group, who who not only who not only acknowledge her powers, but they tell her like, yes, like you're doing good. And we want you to join us, right? <clears throat> and and there she's kind of our the audience's eyes into their group and what they're about and stuff. Yeah. But also at the same time, she quickly falls into their their like what they do, which yeah. is they kill children. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, uh like yes, they're good people and they they bring in outcasts and they treat each other like family and they're they don't hurt anybody else. Right, but they kill they're, children. <laughs> their goal is, that's the thing. Their goal is to live forever, and that's that's the thing that Rose the Hat figured out. And yeah. like in in like she's she's taught by it by like that main guy, the Lurch. And by, like, uh, uh, his name is Carol Stroiken. Yeah, Carol Stroiken. You'll know. Yeah, you, he did he did play Lurch in uh, in the Adams Family movies of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's fucking. He's always gonna be lurch to me. Sorry. Like, <laughs> I see his face and I'm like lurch. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. But um, yeah. Like he he. From what I understand, his character is supposed to be um related to Barlow, the vampire from um Salem's Lot. And oh, okay. like the, the idea that's never really like, it's never really said. But it's implied, at least from... Because I didn't finish the book. I never got a chance to finish it, and I need to. Um, so let me know if, if, if I am, like, wrong here. But um, it's implied at one point in the book that Barlow is the one that taught them how to absorb the essence of people who can shine. And when uh-huh. you do that, you live, you live, you keep living. You never die as long as you can absorb it, as long as you take their what they call steam. Yeah, and like that's what she does. That's what they do. They eat these children because their essence and their shine it gives them more years of life. It it keeps them alive longer. It keeps some of them looking young for hundreds of years. It keeps some of them alive for thousands of years. Like Lurch, like Lurch is the only one who looks like an old man, Mm -hmm. and it's because he's been around for so long. And they're they're getting harder and harder to find because they're understanding it. Because they take meds that suppress it, that they take meds their whole lives, and it suppresses it right away, and then it's yeah. gone. Like yeah. it's such an interesting notion. So it, their their youth is beginning to be starved, 
And like the only thing that they can eat are children because children still use their shine before they realize what it is. Yeah. So that's why it's easier for them to capture and eat children. And it's horrific because they catch this one kid. They show this one kid that they catch Mm -hmm. and they all like, they pin him to the ground. They're at a a, a baseball game. He's this, he's this kid playing baseball and they, they, they mention. in fact, it's, it's, uh, uh, the guy who played the original uh, uh, Danny from the original Shining, uh, Danny yeah. Lloyd, he I, actually I plays one of the spectators. So uh, unrecognizable, by the way. Like you can't, you can't even tell. I didn't even know until, until I was looking. The... <laughs> He's an old man now. But I, I recognize him mainly because he was doing um, what do you call it? Um, cons for a while. He did cons uh, with uh, Gladys and Louise, the girls who the twins. Yeah, yeah. The like he was twins. doing. The Grady twins. He was doing he was doing um, cons with them for a good while, and like people were, cause I would have like people were lining up to take pictures with the three of them and shit. Yeah. And like I recognized them. Like I just I just I saw him and I was like, oh shit, Danny Lloyd. Like how cool. <laughs> so uh, they're they're talking about how this kid, it's almost like he knows what the pitcher is gonna throw before the pitcher throws it, right? Yeah. And and uh, um, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Rose the Hat and and uh, uh, Crow Daddy, the the, the mm-hmm. two main like I guess they're a couple. They they're they're like you it's know he's Paul, he's it. It's a Paul thing that they do. Like yeah. they don't really show it too much in the movie, but like in the book, it, they yeah. Oh, okay, so this Billy Crudup looking guy. <laughs> he oh, uh, holy uh, shit! They're gonna not uh, see that. So so they kidnap this kid, right? No, they don't. They don't really like forcefully kidnap. But they get Snake Bite, Snake Bite Andy to tell him to come into the van, right? Like, yeah. you want to come into the van. Yeah, and they like, kidnap him. Home. Yeah, and, and they, they take him and they pin him down. And the only way to extract the, uh, I, I guess, the, the steam is to inflict pain on him. Right. And they show, the, like, they don't show the knife going into his body, but they mm. insinuate that, that they stab him. And they yeah. constantly stab him. And every time they stab him, more steam comes out. And they're yeah. feeding on him like like a pack of wolves, you know? Yeah. And, and that's because, like, like in, in the book, Snakebite Andy even asked them, like, can't I, like, like just make him not afraid of what we're going to do to him? And, like, Rose had explained to her, like, he has to be afraid. Like, if, he, if he's not afraid, like, it's, it's all for nothing. Like, it's not enough yeah. steam. Like fear causes it to come out more. And so does this like make is is this kind of like the whole uh, uh, fear is, is like a seasoning like with it? Yeah, pretty much. Like it, it and that's where they start connecting that shit with it too. Yeah, like it, it's they 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 mention it a little bit, and I think I want to say it was the drawing of three from the from the Dark Tower series is where they they really start <laughs> mentioning or like explaining the fact that like. These things come from the same worlds. Like they like Pennywise wasn't the only thing that was a, was drawn to Earth. Like these things all come from those dimensions and shit like that. It's very Lovecraftian. Very yeah. Lovecraft. And like some of them rest and some of them feed and some of them like leave and some of them consume until they're full and they go away and they or they die. Like all sorts of really weird shit. But this is the that's the first time they really do start connecting. Uh, Carrie, Salem's Lot, The Dead Zone, uh, Firestarter, Cujo, Pet Cemetery. They start connecting all these things together. Uh, is that book and and like 
Doctor Sleep does confirm that. And like, I, I think they can. Yeah. Good. No, I was gonna say, man. Like, I and I and I love the fact that all these stories that seemingly at first glance have nothing to do with each other that they are part of the same world and that kind of makes it seem uh a little more realistic yeah and uh thus making them the 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 scariness the horror of of the stories even more like you know guttural you know like like these whole like everything like this whole world that stephen king has come across or has written about is a very scary place and has a lot right. of different, you know, things that can t- that can take you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what's so fucking freaky about it. And yeah. and they 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 do a good job of this thing. Like these things feed on brains. And like this is where you learn this from fucking Tommyknockers and like all these other stories. Like in Tommyknockers, they juice the brains. And like it's later implied that they're juicing the brains. They're 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 giving you brain steroids. Because they're trying to get you to activate that. Like, if you have it, these brain steroids will activate it. And then we can uh. eat it. And then we can feed on it. And, like, these are the things that they keep doing. It's the same thing with, with Pennywise. Pennywise eats children because the, the fear is the closest thing to it. And, like, uh. some of them have it. Which is where his obsession grows with the fucking the Lucky Seven. The Losers Club. This is why his yeah. obsession grows. It's a theory that, like, his obsession with them is because they all shine which is why the things that they believed could hurt it would hurt it because it doesn't have a weakness. They gave it a weakness. Like, like it's, their, it's their, their power, their power of like, like is, is, is what is, is hurting them. It's not the yeah. fact that they're not scared of them. It's the fact that, that their, that their power is, is, you know, uh, like their power is the one that's hurting them. Right. right? If they believe they can hurt it, they can hurt it. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. It just works that way for them, which is yeah. why people think that they shine. Same thing with Carrie. Which, which makes it so much better because like one of the one of the, the criticisms of, of of it, especially after the new movie came out, is like, oh what what you're you're telling me that they just insulted it to death? <laughs> like, yeah. like no, like, and, and that's why I love this theory. And that's why yeah. I love this theory because like no, they didn't insult it to death. They they have they have the shining powers, they're psychic. Like they're using their powers to defeat it together, you know. Yeah, like they're 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 they 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 could do what Carrie did, and they could have all done like sissy spacek faces, and it would have been just <laughs> as confusing and just as weird, and yeah. everybody would be talking about how good James McAvoy's face was, but everybody else was lacking, uh, including because yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a McAvoy mark, yeah, and like as we all are, <laughs> as we all are, but like. It, it, it would have been one of those things where you you won't like it anyway because yeah. that's the whole point. That's why I say you can't you can't really show this in movies that like what they they manifest their own victories sometimes they manifest their own realities like it's different for every kid like yeah. that like Carrie could move things and like she was telekinetic so was the girl in Firestarter but all she could move was fire she was pyrokinetic like, uh, yeah. The little kid in Cujo could read his mom's mind. Like, and he could read the dog's mind. Like, he, he was a psychic in, in the fucking, um, in the book. Like, it happens in so many of these movies and, and in these books. And it's very difficult to convey that kind of power and to convey that way of thinking and, and like, showing that ability in a film. It's very fucking difficult to do. 
it's difficult uh, enough to do it without without it feeling forced you know right and like to do it in, in a film is going to be really 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 hard yeah. like the reason it works, they they were able to insult Pennywise to death in part two, <laughs> is because they didn't believe in his powers, and not believing in his powers takes his powers away from it. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's an eternal mm-hmm. being. It yeah. works fear. So they believed that if it didn't, if it didn't, if they didn't fear it, then it didn't have any power, which is not how it worked. Which is why it confused the fuck out of him in the end, like yeah. which is why it fucked him up in the end of part one too. He didn't understand. The reason they were able to fuck him up so bad is because his children, that's what they believed would do. If they beat the fuck out of him with a bat, it's going to fucking kill him. Like, yeah. <laughs> like these are the things that they believed. And like, that makes more sense thought, than, that makes more sense than, oh, they just insulted him to death. <laughs> right. And they even like, there was even like the joke about it in, in the 1990s it movie where, where Harry Anderson says, I don't suppose anybody thought to bring anything useful like a machine gun. <laughs> Like the machine gun would have worked. It would have because yeah. they would have believed because that they believed in him. They believed yeah. in it. They believed yeah. they believed in it enough. It would have killed him. Yeah. So like the machine gun would have worked too. Like it didn't matter what they used to slay the dragon as long as they believed it would work. And that's kind of the thing that goes on. Like it's it's very difficult because each one of these monsters works the same. They eat the same thing, but they're defeated in different ways. Like, and also very similar ways. Like, Rose the Hat and Pennywise were, all, were defeated by the things inside their minds. Like, but look at what happened to the rest of Rose the Hat's crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're not immortals. She even says that. Like, eat well, live long. Yeah. Like, very, very, very long in the tooth, those, those people are. So... <laughs> So uh, right now, man, what we're going to do is we're going to take a real quick break uh, and uh, we're going to continue our discussion of uh, the uh, awesome movie, Dr. Sleep, uh, right here on RGV Titan Radio. We're on the 956. We'll be right back. Are you looking for great local music? Then tune in to RGVTitanRadio.com. We play everything local, like hip-hop, rock, and country. If you want your music played on our radio station, then send your music to playmymusic at rgvtitanradio.com. Once more, that's playmymusic at rgvtitanradio.com. Be sure to send MP3 files that include the names of the track, album, and band or artist along with cover art. rgvtitanradio.com. We are the 956. From the depths of the primordial ooze of pop culture, Two figures emerge to bring their gift of knowledge and films to the masses. Their only qualifications? They watched a hell of a lot of movies when they were kids. They're not just experts. They're not just fans. They are movie know-it-alls. Join Bob and Will every Wednesday at 5 p.m. as they host the Movie Know-It-All podcast. Only on RGB Titan Radio. We are the 956. to see if you wanted to go to the show over at Yerb. Let me know, dude. Call me back. Bro, this club is popping off right now, man. I'll send you the location. Dude, get out here. Look, man, I get it. You're social distancing. But come on, man. Let's go to the mall. Let's go have some lunch. Don't be that guy. COVID-19 is serious. 
Always wash your hands, always wear a mask, and only go out for the essentials. This message is brought to you by RGVTitanRadio.com. We are the 956. And we're back here on the Movie Know-It-All podcast here on RGB Titan Radio. We are the 956 uh, talking about the uh, new seminal classic, Dr. Sleep. And uh, we were talking about how how uh, the, the Stephen King stories are, um, they're basically all in one universe. And how how uh, each movie kind of adds adds to the uh um the quilt that is the stephen king universe and uh so uh one thing that that this movie does expand on is it expands on the uh the shining power and like uh it 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 kind of it kind of expands like each character in this movie that has the power they uh, uh they kind of use it in in their own way like you said danny uh he goes into into the hospice and starts talking to talking to people who are dying and and uh, and Abra she she kind of like um, she kind of hides it or tries to hide it but but there are certain times where she just uses it like like freight like you know like as as if it's one of those like everyday things that everybody has and the parents are kind of like you know freaked out like one of my favorite scenes is when she's young and she's like six years old in this flashback scene. And she's at a party with her, uh, with, with uh, uh, like, there's like a, like a magician there, and the magician has all these spoons like hanging off of his hands and hanging off of his face and stuff. And she goes like, mm-hmm. like nonchalantly, like I can do that, right? Yeah. And then they go back home. They go inside the house, and all the spoons are hanging from the ceiling, you know. And she's there like, uh, see, I told you I could do that. Like, like and I, I love I love that that like she's a magician at heart and shit like that. Like yeah. I, I'm I'm super fascinated with the name Abra. I think it's so beautiful. Like I think that's such a beautiful name for a girl, like Abra. Yeah. I think it's cool. And and I like I like the character. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it, it is again, uh, like you had said earlier, it's a she's a MacGuffin, but yeah, she, she is a very good character. But she she's she's not played that way. She's not played uh as like like normally i guess i guess what you could say is that um her her character would be like a damsel in distress you know or like like a child to save right right like and 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 the way the way that she's brought into the story is because all these stories are 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 they start off in the movie as not connected right yeah but but all of a sudden uh, the scene that we were talking about earlier, where they're for they're feeding on the uh, uh, the on the little kid, um, Abra sees them, and she yeah. feels the pain that the boy is feeling, and like it hits her like a like a like a like a Mack truck just like breaking through her her wall and and just like like hitting her, and yeah. Rebecca Ferguson's character um, like just like notices her notices her as well. And and it, it, it kind of starts this um I guess you could say cat and mouse game between these two that they're like like she's going after her because like she can I guess I guess the the what she's saying is like she can kind of like she has enough of the fog or whatever to save them because they're basically starving 
Like they're starving yeah. uh, as the story begins, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and they lose like that the Lurch, like the elder. Yeah, He's the oldest among them, and they they lose him. Like he just his his body starved of the what they call the steam. Uh-huh. Like his body starved of it, and he can't. They can't go on living without it. Like without it, they start to age. They start to grow old. They start to rot. Yeah, and and uh, Danny also. It's it's such a creepy scene because you see. Rebecca Ferguson seeing like through the ethereal time whatever uh, through space uh, sh- they notice each other and then Danny is in his room asleep and then all of a sudden there's like an explosion and his his, his room is rocked and he yeah. looks over to to a to a, ch- a a wall that's made out of chalkboard and and on the wall you could see uh, in the mirror red rum yeah. Right? Which is a wonderful callback, right? Very and throughout cool throughout the whole story, throughout the story, they're they're kind of like like uh, like talking to each other, and that's how their friendship starts, and that's what it is. It's a friendship. It's like a like a mentorship uh, between yeah. Danny and Abra, and it, it kind of starts out like innocent. It, it starts innocently, like you know, what's your name? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, they, like, they start communicating through the wall and shit like that. Yeah, and he's like, and he's like, uh, like, like she, she says hi to him, and he's like, go to school, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a very playful kind of banter kind of thing. But then this happens, and everything gets serious, mm-hmm. and like this is this is where the story really starts, and and the story turns from kind of a suspense to like, like I said, like a cat and mouse kind of game, like where where these, where these two, where these, yeah, very much so. Very much so, but but uh, a Terminator in the way that like they're both T one thousands, you know. <laughs> yeah, and if John Connor was like Tony Stark, right? <laughs> exactly. Because she, she fucking man, she outwits Rose. Like, yeah, not only outwits him, like she is way more powerful than she is. She invades her mind, which is fucking such a cool scene because, like, again, you can you can do more of the other movie to, to connect it to another movie. That has nothing to do with this one, um, film-wise, but like book-wise. Like if you've read the book, you know, if you've read it and you've read Dreamcatcher, you're reading them like this is the same. This is Pennywise. Like this yeah. is the same monster. It feels very much like Pennywise. It even refers to itself as Mister Gray, which is what uh, Pennywise calls himself in the book. He says his real name is Bob Gray. Yeah, and like that's and like. Even in the movie, their memories are filed away in filing cabinets. Mm-hmm. And, like, they do it again. Like, she invades... She Rose the Hat thinks she invades uh, Abra's mind. And, like, Abra set up... Set her up to cap- to trap her so she could invade her mind. Yeah. And, like, she does. She, like, and she like fucking, like, mind rapes Rose the Hat. Which, <laughs> like, she's never experienced before. And like it flings, and her she off. does it without any, without any, like, uh, w- without any struggling. Like she does it like nonchalantly. Like, that's how powerful she. She's like, she what? Like she was fucking Kevin, and he and she and Rose the Hat was Harry and Marv. <laughs> like she home aloneed her ass. Exactly she really home aloneed yes. her ass. She home aloneed it, like straight up, man. And 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 like the 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 fact that uh uh. Rose and and the uh, uh the care the the cult members, 
they're more scared of Abra than Abra is of them. Like Abra yeah. is like, like, no, we're going to get them. Right. And Danny, you're yeah. going to help me or I'm going to help you. If you're going to go and get them, I'm going to come with you. Right. Like yeah. she's not some, she's not some little kid that's going to sit back and like, Oh, please save me. Like I need help. No, no, no. Yeah. She's very proactive. And she's very like, like, no, if you're going to get them, I'm coming with you because you yeah. can't do this without me. Right. <laughs> and she was right. Yeah. Like she was right. They would have fucking eaten him alive if it wasn't for her. So I guess she 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 starts off as a MacGuffin. Like she does become fairly like necessary towards the end of the story. Yeah. Like, but like throughout most of the movie, she does feel like, do we really need this character? And like I imagine there's more of it in the book. Like I said, I never got to finish it, and I need to. Like I need to finish that book. Yeah. But um like, but like none of these but none of these characters feel like strenuous, dude. Like halfway through the movie, uh, you meet uh, uh, Cliff Curtis, uh, who plays yeah. Billy Freeman, and he's yeah. uh, he's he's like uh, he's a big star. Okay, yeah, like yeah. like this guy, this guy has been like in movies, TV shows, like he's in everything, right? Yeah, and, you've seen him in a lot of stuff. Now. Yeah, and and he's he's actually a, a, a Maori uh, uh, man from from uh, New Zealand. But he's yeah. played Mexicans, he's played uh, uh, Egyptians, he's played Middle Eastern people. Like he's played every single race under the sun. Yeah, you know. But but he's like, just his... ambiguous enough. Exactly. Right? <laughs> he's just the right shade of brown, right? Exactly. <laughs> so Hollywood uh, shade of brown. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like his character. Is is brought in halfway through the movie, and and you kind of like he he's just he's just like comes off as just some some guy who's who's like uh, uh helping uh who's helping Danny, but halfway through he becomes like he becomes part of the I guess for lack of a better term you know part of the superhero group you know like yeah. he becomes part of the fight. He gets and, into, like yeah into this ragtag duo. Yeah, and and like like, trio. No fucks, like with no fucks given. Also, yeah, man, dude. like he he like straight up kills people. You know, it's it's a but, very um, it's like it's a very town moment. Like with Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner when he's like, I gotta go do something, and uh, I need your help, and yeah. some people might get killed. Okay, when do we start? <laughs> like, we're like you're my boy. I got your back. Like, whatever. Like and he yeah. he really treats it like that. Like I think you're fucking crazy, Danny. But like, I'm yeah. here for you. Like I got your back. Like he's a yeah. damn good friend. Like he's real ride or die. Like, like, like he's done it before or something, man. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see that like, dude's backstory, dude. Right. But, like, yeah, yeah, the first psychic I met. <laughs> but but, but it, it 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 makes it even more uh more awesome because you get his. He he feels like he comes across in the beginning like like some character that's like a throwaway character like he's just somebody there as support right yeah but then but then he tells a story about the t the last time he went hunting yeah and how how he he killed a deer or something and and he he saw he saw the blood and and he saw like like uh, what was it like he saw the life leaving its eyes or something yeah yeah he saw the light leave its eyes and he's like that's the last time I put I I, I picked up a gun right. And then he, he comes across and he becomes like a superhero. Dude. He becomes freaking Deadeye, dude. Like Deadshot, dude. Yeah. You know? And there, there are no characters, especially like Abra's parents. Um, yeah, yeah. Abra's parents, uh, uh, played by Zachary Momo and uh, Jocelyn Donahue. Yeah. 
like they're 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 necessary to the plot of the story. There's so many characters, and every single character. There's not a wasted person in this yeah. movie. Which is so weird because there's so many characters. Yeah, like, this I movie is stacked to the ceiling with story yeah. moments, with with just like amazing moments and characters. I imagine like when I was watching this movie, I was like, God damn, dude! Like I bet this was an expensive fucking movie to film. Like they gave Mike Flanagan a lot of carte blanche, like yeah. especially with a movie this complicated and this big. Like they gave him a lot, dude. Like. I don't know how much the movie costs. I haven't taken the time to like look it up, but I imagine it was a pretty fucking penny because like you see a lot of it on screen. Yeah, like, yeah. A lot of it's all over the fucking screen. Like it, it must have taken a lot to rebuild the Overlook the way they did. Like that was, I, and, and a lot of that, yeah, yeah, like you said, like a lot of that was a legit practical set. They yeah. really did rebuild that, and they did it. They used uh, the exact same schematics that uh uh that kubrick made used mm-hmm. um for the original like they use they yeah. use the same the same plans and everything it so certainly that, feels like it like <laughs> yeah so it really uh, does. So, yeah and and like that attention to detail really shows and and it's and it helps with connecting the original film to this like this to the original film and it, like i said man it makes the original better and, and the the fact that that uh, as epic as it was, the original was like this. It 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 it's a it's a smaller movie, and this is yeah. very much a bigger. This is very much a bigger uh, story wise, uh, like world building movie. Like this is a great. This is a wonderful second act. Yeah, okay. it's it's a hell of an ambitious sequel. Very like, ambitious. Like it's it's. It's pretty wild to revisit a movie like damn near forty years later, yeah. and like and like expand on it the way they did because they really do expand this universe. They make it so much bigger because there's a, there's a very real claustrophobia to The Shining, like it yeah. really plays on your claustrophobia. And in this one, <clears throat> there is no real claustrophobia, like the idea that this shit will follow you outside yeah. of the hotel. And it doesn't matter like how big the fields are that you're in, it will come to you. It's pretty fucking crazy. Like it's a it's a frightening notion that like you were never trapped to begin with. Like you were tra- you were trapped the moment you walked in. It doesn't matter where you go now. Yeah. Like that's fucking scary. <laughs> and it's such a great idea, and and it's it's done so right. And this is a movie that you can there's oh my god dude you could have fucked this up so bad like, <laughs> so how much do you think how much do you think this movie cost ballpark it like like in in if you could take all your knowledge of of like the way movie budgets work and everything how much would you think this movie cost i would i would i would like i'd feel safe rolling the dice at 80 million like wow. not to be not to be immodest i would i would like i'd roll the dice at like 80 million bucks like it seems like it's a lot dude so this movie, this movie's budget was actually fifty-five million dollars. Get the fuck out of here! Fifty-five really? million dollars, dude, well, which is chump yeah. change compared to like you know, like like it had like uh, both it movies had a two hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, like I would, I would like like a rough estimate because I'm seeing eighty million dollars on screen. Yeah, that's why I say eighty million dollars. Like if I'm looking at it, I'm like I can see eighty million dollars worth of movie in this. Yeah. Like fifty-five million. 
That's amazing. Fifty-five million. Yep. That's, that, between, that's insanely amazing. Forty-five and fifty-five. For, so, for what you get in this movie, like you're yeah. you're getting an eighty million dollar movie at the at the <laughs> very least. Yeah. Like it, it made seventy-two million domestically. So that's good. I'm glad it made its money back and then some. Like yeah, it, the movie should have. This movie really, really should have. Like. It's it, it kind of amazes me that not more people talk about it because like you, I understand people aren't going to hold this movie to the pantheon that they hold The Shining in. The Shining is like probably the greatest horror movie of all time. Like when it yep. comes to to that conversation, like I mean I can argue it. You know anybody can. You can sit and like, well, what about this movie? What about that movie? But like it's a difficult one to argue when somebody yeah. tells you that their favorite. <clears throat> Our movie is The Shining. It's difficult to like. Oh no, this one's better. Like, but is it really? Mm-hmm. Like, take the time to really think about it. Is it really a better movie than The Shining? Like, yeah, it's a tough question, man. It's a tough nut to crack because like a lot of movies aren't. Like they aren't. And, and like, be- hmm? no, I was gonna say it's funny because The Shining is very much slow burn film. Like it's it's, it's it's two it's two and a half hours as well, right? Like it's the yeah. same length as this movie. <clears throat> but it's a very slow burn. Yeah. And, and that's and that's where the horror comes in. The horror comes in from from the anticipation of something happening. Right. This movie is very quick paced. This movie mm. is very quick paced. A lot happens in in a in, in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And you really do need um I, I'm not saying it's it's a movie that you have to pay attention to one hundred percent of the time, but there's a lot of plot points that happen. That you need to get in order for the story to be coherent. Right. And when you do that, it's 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 very it's it's uh uh it's like it plays like an action movie in my in my in my opinion it, it, it plays like an action movie. Okay. And and <laughs> the the fact that a Stephen King movie that's supposed to be a sequel to one of the greatest horror movies ever made right. plays this way. Like that's what makes it so much better because it doesn't fall back on oh well this is a this is a sequel to The Shining so we're just gonna throw a bunch of Shining Easter eggs in it and see what sticks right there's a lot it's, of that in there but this is its yeah. own thing it's so much its own thing that I I would argue that you can watch this movie without even having to watch the original Shining because everything is explained yeah and I I think that's what was so good about it was because like there are so many moments in this movie. That, like, you have to really, really hope your audience is still with you. Yeah. Like, are, are you still with me? Are you still paying attention? Because this is a lot of information I'm feeding you right now. And he could have very, very easily, like, are you paying, are you paying attention? Remember The Shining? <laughs> yeah. Could have just kept reminding you, this is, a, this is a sequel to The Shining. And, like, it, gets, it irritates me when, when movies do that. Like, don't yeah. assume I'm stupid. Like, assume I'm here to watch a sequel. Like, assume that I care enough for your sequel. Because this is the problem with a lot of sequels, is they need they feel the need to remind you that this is a continuance to something else. I don't need yeah. that. I don't want that. That's annoying. Like, that yeah. doesn't do anything for me. Like, don't fucking, don't hammer this home. I don't need you to remind me that I'm watching a sequel to The Shining. I know what I came here for. Like, don't yeah. do that. And he doesn't. He assumes that you're watching this because you want to see a sequel to The Shining, mm-hmm. and like that's what made this movie so good is they don't remi- they don't really take the time to remind you 
that this is the shining until the end of the movie, until the third act. And like, he does one of the things that he does in this third act that like, you have to take the time to measure the shot. And I mean, like really take the time to sit and watch this movie and measure each and every single one of these deliberate ass shots and like really track how long they take. Mm-hmm. Like, how fast is the camera moving? How fast is the actor walking? Because every time Danny turns a hallway in the third act, it's like when he turns the hallway on his tricycle. Yeah. Like, it moves like that. He tracks the camera the exact same way. The movement that he's going at is so deliberate. Like, I imagine there were a lot of cuts and resets for this. Like, come back yeah. and start again. Do not move so fast. Don't move that slow. Like, I need yeah. you a faster than slow, but I need you slower than fast. Like, it's too deliberate. It's way too deliberate. My eyes register it the same way I register the fucking The Shining. And, like, one of the first things I had noticed in the trailer, because the trailer moves at a quicker pace, the trailer yeah. really hammers home. This is a Shining movie. This yeah. is a sequel to Kubrick's Shining. And I remember watching it with, well, I, I showed the trailer to my wife and she's like, holy shit, they used the, the, the same footage from the original movie. I said, no, they didn't. Like he reshot that. Yep. She's like, I'm pretty sure that's the same footage. I'm like, I guarantee goddamn to you that is, that is reshot. Like I know this movie inside and out. You most like, definitely reshot every, all that. Yeah, I was like, I know every single fucking frame of The Shining. Like I don't, I hate being one of those guys. But I do. I'm a fucking Kubrick maniac. <laughs> I, I don't. I stopped watching his movies a long time ago. I studied them way too long. Like yeah. I studied them like they were fucking extra credit, and I was failing. Like <laughs> I worship and adore those films. Almost everything that he does, I think, is incredible. And like I pity people that try to imitate him. So like when she was like telling me, she's like, "I'm sure that's the same footage." I'm like, "I'm positive it's not." Like, I knew it wasn't watching the trailer. Watching the movie, like, it's harder to see it. It's way harder to see it. When you get when you give him more than 30 seconds for mm-hmm. a trailer, when you give him 30 seconds for a shot and, yeah. like, let him roll with it, like, I'm, I'm sure Kubrick would have hated this movie. I'm sure he would have been <laughs> very against it. Uh, he was against anybody touching his movies and making a sequel. Very much against it. So I'm sure that if he was alive and they would have told him we're doing a sequel to The Shining, I'm sure he would have threatened, would have kicked, bit, and screamed. He would have been really fucking angry about it. I think he would have been impressed with Mike. I think he would have been impressed with how well he imitated a shot and how much he, how well he turned it into his own shot. Like, you can look at it and think, man, that looks like something Kubrick would have shot. And I don't say that lightly. I really don't. I very much don't say that lightly because I don't (laughs) think anybody's ever been. I've, you know, you see it. You know, I see these guys try to push Kubrick shots and like, that's fine. Like, why wouldn't you want to be as good as Kubrick? Why wouldn't you want to accomplish like those type of shots? But. I always, you know, you always watch it. And you're like, that's not Kubrick. This was Kubrick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if because because alive, he he imitated he imitated 
every single shot. Like he imitated the shot. He didn't try to do his own thing in those scenes. The rest of the movie was very much a Flanagan movie, right? But the yeah. last the last part, the last scene at the overlook, that was all Kubrick. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna take the shots that Kubrick had already established and I'm gonna imitate those. Like I'm I'm gonna take those and recreate them. None of the none of my input is on here. Like this is all like what Kubrick does. And see, and here's the thing. Like, here's my thing about that. Like, in doing so, again, like how you said it makes The Shining better. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that makes it that much better to me. And it makes it that much better because it makes it feel like what you are seeing is the eyes of the, of the, of the hotel. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like you're watching it through the eyes of the hotel, which is the monster. So it makes Kubrick's camera work seem like a monster. It yeah. brings Kubrick's camera work to life and it gives it this evil, like just feeling to it because that was the great thing about the, the tracking shots in the shining where they're following Danny. It looks like something's chasing him. Yeah. Like it feels like something's following him and you don't feel that throughout this entire movie until they go back to the hotel. Yeah, like, so they go back to the overlook, and it becomes that like holy shit, like the house. And even when he walks in, it doesn't even feel that way at first, like because this shot is from the ceiling when the light turns on, and it isn't until he turns the hallway that you're like, oh shit, like <laughs> he turned into a Kubrick shot, yeah. and it starts rolling with him and following him and everything else, the wide shots, everything else in that place feels like it's shot like the Kubrick film. And even when they cut back to outside, when they cut back to to uh, Abra outside, it feels like a Mike Flanagan film. But yeah. when it cuts back to following Danny in the Overlook, it becomes Kubrick again. And it makes the hotel a monster. And it makes it that much better because when you go back and you watch The Shining, it feels like the camera's watching everybody. Yeah feels like the, the hotel's watching everything that they do. And it makes it that much fucking cooler. It makes it that much creepier and that much scarier to me. They do such a good job in that third act. Like, it blows my mind how good Flanagan is, man. It really does. Yeah. And and when they when they do get there, uh, even even the establishing shot, even the shot of of uh, uh, them going going, you know, driving up to it it's the exact same shot except done in at night yeah the same music and everything same music and everything man oh it gives such a chill to hear it like it gave me such a chill when i was watching it i was like oh my fucking god dude (laughs) look at that man yeah like you only hear that music twice right in this movie you hear at the very beginning like yeah. right, right when the movie's about to start, when you see like the opening credits or whatever, that was such a and, wonderful scene. Yeah, which they had to because and 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 I I kind of want to want to touch on this a little bit. When this movie first came out, uh, some of the reviews that I heard and I didn't really understand it until I watched the movie. Like I said, I didn't watch the movie in theaters, mm-hmm. uh, and I I actually watched it uh, when it came out on video. And I, I regret not watching it in theaters, by the way. So, yeah. so especially now, since I can't go to the damn theaters anymore. But anyway. Uh, you asked for the beach, pricks. Yeah. So, so um, 
a lot of a lot of the the criticisms that this movie got was like, oh well, they're 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 marking it as a sequel to The Shining, but it doesn't feel like a Shining movie. And I'm like, well, that's kind of the point. Yeah. the 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 point is is that this is the 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 Shining takes place in one location, the Overlook Hotel. Okay, it's that's not the world that they inhabit. That's a location. Right. When they right. get back to that location. Then it feels like a shining movie, and it's very much a shining movie. Absolutely, right? yeah. Hell yeah. And and that that's what what Flanagan did. That that I think that's what he respected most about the original. He understood that the mm-hmm. Overlook was a character, and he shot it. And he 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 uh, story wise, he made it as if it was a character, like like uh, uh like Danny was like okay. I don't like you and you don't like me, but mm. the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. And, and that's what he used. He used the overlook to, mm. to you know, to, to do that. And, See, and they could have, they, cause the, here's the thing about this movie that in this book, like you could have, I, I call it evil deading it. Have you <laughs> ever played um, evil dead hell to the King? It's a video game. Uh, I've heard of it. I have not played it. Okay, Evil Dead Hill to the King came out on PlayStation 1, on the very first PlayStation. Yes. So it, it's, it's the idea behind it was the original script for Evil Dead, uh, for the Evil Dead 4 story, which would have been awesome. The idea of it being that everything that happened in the cabin, Ash was convinced by a psychiatrist that it was a psychotic break. And they convinced him to go back to the cabin and spend a week in there so he can see. That nothing really happened. So you could have very easily done this with the story. You could have done a thing where, like, Danny grew up and he was becoming an alcoholic and he has a family and he has a kid. And, like, he, you know, he's like, I'm still haunted by this place. And, like, it's because, you know, my dad had a psychotic break and I had a psychotic break because of what I saw. Yeah. And I should go back and face my fears and then have him go. And take his family back to the Overlook so he can be the caretaker and blah, 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 blah. And we do the same fucking thing over again. And yeah, yeah and it'd be like it a remake. It'd be a remake. And it would have been fun. It would have been fun. It would have been, well, it's not The Shining, but it was fun. This wasn't trying to be The Shining. This no. was expanding that universe because The Shining universe, the Stephen King universe is so fucking big. I really hope, at least in my lifetime, I never have to see them try to Avengers this shit and try to start an extended universe. Because there were rumors that it and Doctor Sleep were going to be at the beginning of an extended universe. Yeah. And I don't want to see that because they're hard enough to turn into movies, let alone like it's going to be difficult to do psychic showdowns for your fucking yeah. climax in every fucking movie. And yeah. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see. It. I don't care to see it. Like it's 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 pointless. Like read it if you want to if you want to feel it. Like read it. You'll get it better if you just read the fucking thing. But yeah. like they could have they could have evil dead at this. They could have fucking full on like made Danny Ash and shit like that. And he cuts his own hand <laughs> off with the ass. Whatever the fuck. Like you know what I mean. Like hail hail to the torrents, baby. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like and it would have been fine. I would have watched it. I would have enjoyed it. I would have laughed. And like, the hand would have been walking. The hand would have been walking around like, like thing going like this, you know. Yeah, the like, <laughs> fingers and shit, like whatever. I'm down. Like I'm, yeah. I'm up for fucking ruining it. Like if you're gonna ruin it, do whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. But like, they did it. 
they took this universe and they made it bigger and they made it more interesting. And like, they created this really fascinating, oh, excuse me, fascinating story. And I want to talk about um, what was probably my favorite, favorite part in the movie. I had no idea it was Henry Thomas until you pointed it out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know who Henry Thomas is, he's a little kid from E.T. Elliot. Uh, Elliot from E.T. He was, who's been in a lot of Mike Flanagan stuff. He was, yep. he was in... Um, Gerald's Game. He was in Gerald's Game. He's a very big part of uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Hill House. He played the, uh, the father, the young, yeah. young version of the father. The version of the father yeah. uh, on uh, Haunting of Hill House. So... Yep. Uh, he's in a lot of Mike Flanagan stuff, and I'm so glad that Mike Flanagan's using him because Henry Thomas is a fucking tremendous actor, and it's good to see him in stuff again. It's really good yeah. to see him in more things. So Henry Thomas um, plays the role of Jack Torrance in this. Unrecognizable, movie. by the way, because they don't really focus. They don't focus on him at all. Right? Because the okay, only way so you can tell it's him is the hair. So here, so so let me let me let me tell you my experience of this, right? Because yeah. okay, so the first time I'm watching this movie, right, mm-hmm. and and uh, he goes to the uh, uh, to the ballroom where where the mm-hmm. bar is, right, and he sits down. I'm like, oh look, they're 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 redoing, they're recreating the scene from The Shining, right. and the bartender shows up, uh, and and you know I'm like, okay, uh, I, I'm I'm he, he's not he's not the original guy or whatever, uh, but you know. And then as I'm watching it, and then he says, he says something to the effect of like, uh, like you, uh, you like the drink or whatever. He's like, not as much as you did, Dad. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, he's like, what do you? Do? He's like, yeah, you're just a caretaker or something like that. And he yeah. was doing the exact same dialogue as yeah. the as the the bartender from Maybe. the original movie. And then I and I look closer at him, and I'm like, holy shit, that's Jack. Yeah, that's that's Jack, and and he now now he's stuck, just yeah. like the previous one. Yeah, and it all and it all came to me, and then I didn't notice it again until I saw it recently for the show, that mm. that was uh, uh um, that that was freaking what's his name Elliot man. Yeah, dude, and like he's so good because like here's he's the thing, so good, and he doesn't he doesn't do a Jack Nicholson impression. He just no, like, he acts. doesn't. He just acts. And now- and he's so fucking creepy. So great. So creepy. Because here's the thing. Here, here's my whole thing. The girl who played Wendy, um, yes. she does a absolutely tremendous impression. Yeah. Tremendous without it going over the top, without it sounding like, you know, it, it doesn't sound like an impression. It sounds really natural. Very natural. She's so good at doing at doing an impression of... of uh, of uh, oh my god I can't believe like I'm drawing a blank on her name Alex Esso uh, no 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 um, the old Wendy oh uh, Shelly Duvall Shelly Duvall thank you yeah I can't believe I was drawing a blank on her <laughs> yeah like he 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 they have this fucking and I mean like she's so good at her impression of Shelly Duvall yeah and like without you know I mean you can obviously tell that Mike Flanagan wasn't abusing her yeah. so like. <laughs> It's it's not still quite, got a good performance out of her. <laughs> great performance, like it's a great performance, but it's not as it's it's clearly not as tortured as 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 Shelley Duvall was. Now Henry Thomas's portrayal of Jack Torrance looks like a beaten and worn and sick and tired Jack Torrance. 
Yeah. Like, he looks so much like how how he looks like Jack Nicholson portrays it, is yeah. for lack of a better term. Like, the way he's portraying Jack Torrance is how Henry Thomas looks. And now here's the thing, because they could have really, and I mean really, blown it with this. Um, they could have gone the route of Spielberg, and as much as I love Spielberg, and I appreciate what he did in Ready Player One. Uh, like when they go back to the, when they go to the Overlook in Ready Player One. Yeah. yeah. Great job. But again, you know, I can, I'm looking at it and I'm like, nice try with the Kubrick shot. You, you, it was a good try. Yeah. Closer than most. It was good. <laughs> but it's, it's not there, you know? Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like we, we said it earlier, even Spielberg is no Kubrick and he proves yep. it. Time yep. and time again, he does. And even mm-hmm. when he was trying to recreate the exact same shots, no. And like, well, that entire that entire scene was done CGI, so like that that didn't help at all. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Yeah, they could have used an actor and CGI'd Jack Nicholson's face. That's what most would have done, and they would have played that would have played it up, and they would have shown that in the trailers, and they would have put that on the on the DVD box, like you know, and they, they you would have they would have you would have seen- Grandma Tarkin that shit. <laughs> you would have seen his face the same way they fucking jumped on Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy. They would, you would yeah. have seen it everywhere, yeah. all over the trailer. And you, the, the ending of the trailer would have been just some that, that CGI Jack Nicholson and some uh, really talented voice actor just yeah. doing that. You've always been the caretaker. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That would have been the end of the trailer. And like, oh my God, I can't wait to see that. I would have, yeah. it would have thrown me out of the movie. <laughs> it would yeah. Have really me out of it i would have hated yeah. especially as well as the movie had been going this in, the entire time yeah. i don't care how good the cgi looks it like it'd be one of those things where like i'm never gonna not notice that yeah like i'm gonna always look at that like it's weird like i like that they recast actors and they didn't try to make them look exactly like the actor. Because there's yeah. even that moment where Abra turns the corner and there's fucking, the uh, not the twins, um, the, the the guy who played the croquet. What was his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the great party, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. And he looked, like, he looked enough like the guy. He yeah. was wearing the exact same suit. They used the same shot almost. And it's yeah. like, that's enough to know what this is supposed to be. Like, I don't need you to CGI their faces. And fucking make me laugh at that. Like, it would have thrown, completely would have thrown Exactly, exactly. It would have thrown everything off. And that's not the point of this scene. It's not the point of the scene. Oh, look, it's Jack. No. The point of the scene is the fact that um, it's it's hammering home the the ending of the first movie. Where his soul, his spirit is trapped in the hotel. right? Right. And now he's a caretaker. Now he's, you know, he's a main spirit of the, uh, of the, of the overlook. The, Mm -hmm. the, the reason for this scene is for Danny to confront his demons is for Danny to confront his father. Okay. And if they would have, if they would have caked somebody up in makeup or if they would have done like what they did with grandma Tarkin in a, in a, um, in a rogue one, 
you know, with, with that with that uh, plastic looking CGI, it would have yeah. taken everything, every every emotion out of the scene. And let's face it, this is one of the most emotional scenes you will ever see in a quote unquote horror movie. It, it's and, so good, like it, it's just such a like gut wrenching scene. Yeah, it's it's so like like this idea that like I always knew like the, that the hotel would get you. Yeah. Like we always like the just the hotel telling him like we knew you'd come back, Danny. Yeah. Like, like nobody ever leaves the hotel. Like it's that 1408 thing. Like even if you leave this room, you can never leave this room. You can check out like, anytime you like, but you can never you can leave. Never leave. Exactly. <laughs> and like it's such a fucking like frightening moment that it would take the shape of his father and yeah. fuck with him. Like it's letting him know, like. You know you're never leaving now, right? Like that moment is just the hotel telling him, like, you're here now. Like, and now we were like this time, we're yeah, not gonna we're let not letting you, you go. Exactly. You got away from us once, not this time. And like yeah. it's such a it uses his father to tell him that. And it's disgusting. And, and what does that do it, to the mental mental state of, of somebody? Who the last time he saw his father was trying to kill him oh. and his mother. Like, you know? you, yeah, like, how does that, what does that do to a person? And it's so fucking weird and gross and fucking just soul crushing. And it would have been pissed on and completely laughable if they CGI Jack Nicholson's face onto it. Like, I yeah. understand why you would want to do that. And mm -hmm. there's some really good deep fakes now. Like some people are really good at doing the deep fake thing, and it yeah. might have looked really good. It might have looked pretty fucking spot on. It really might have. No matter how good it looks, though, you you yeah. would tell right away, though. Yeah, and it would it take, like you, you said, right it's it taking you out of it. But but like <laughs> let, let's let's just face it, man. It it has a double edged sword to where to where one on one hand. The guy, he doesn't look a lot like Jack Nicholson. But on the other hand, on the other hand, you have the amazing performance yes. that, is, that is given by Henry if, Thomas. If Henry Thomas didn't like, <coughs> oh, excuse me, if he didn't give in the performance that he did, if he didn't turn in the way he did, if he didn't fucking like channel his inner Jack Nicholson mm -hmm. the way he did, it would have it, it, it is you're right it's absolutely a double-edged sword because how do you ask somebody to do that how do yeah. you ask somebody to come in and be jack torrance not just any jack torrance like the jack torrance i'm talking about nicholson one of the most famous characters in all of film mm -hmm. you also have to fucking like you have to realize man that like prior to the uh the zuni fetish doll from Trilogy of Terror, like yeah. last year, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it became the most expensive horror movie prop uh, in history when somebody bought it for like $45,000. Oh, God. And like it out, it outbeat before that. The most famous prop in horror movie history is the axe from The Shining. The wow. Like it always moves. It's the, your starting bid is forty thousand dollars every fucking time. Like whenever it yeah. goes up, so and it goes. It, it, I've I've noticed it goes to like the same six guys 
It's like the same <laughs> buy it from each other all the time. Thank you, trading. <laughs> they're, they're writing it off for their taxes. Like, you can hang on to it for a year. Yeah. Because the same guy who had the axe originally also has the typewriter, and I hate him. Because like, <laughs> I'd give all, I'd give my left nut for the typewriter. I imagine right. the typewriter would be the thing that would be the most valued prop in horror movie history yeah. if the dude would actually put it up for sale. But he doesn't. Yeah. Like, he, he hangs onto it under a nice glass dome. Because that same typewriter, it's a legit working typewriter, and Stanley Kubrick actually sat down one weekend and wrote all the no work, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Like he typed all of that on his own. Like, no, he he typed the fucking like I think it's like six hundred of those pages he typed, and then there's like another like four hundred that he had other people type. Yeah, like wow, like, so absurd that way. And there's like fucking like I think there's like eighty of those sheets of paper left. Like they're all gone. Oh, oh, damn! I would have given my nut to hang on to that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody would have known, man. Like even when the when The Shining came out, it was universally panned. Like nobody, yeah. ever, like nobody, nobody understood what an amazing horror movie that they were watching, and people were like, "It was boring. It took too long, and nothing <laughs> happens till the end." And like people didn't get it. That's fine. It was yeah. ahead of its time, and like to 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 be considered now one of the most. Interesting and frightening things that I ever heard Stanley Kubrick say is one day I hope I can make a horror movie. He said this in the 90s. One day I hope to make a horror movie. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That like, wasn't a horror movie? Like, Full Metal Jacket's not a horror movie? My like, God. Full Metal Jacket terrified me. Fucking, like, a Clockwork Orange? That's not horrible? That's not horrible to you? Like, what the fuck are you? What the fuck? I can't even imagine. What stuff fucking, are you, dude? <laughs> like what kind of fucking human torture he would have put to, to human minds if he made what he considered to be a horror movie? Yeah, like it's absurd to me. But it's kind of scary, man. <laughs> it's a fucking that. frightening thought. But Henry yeah. Thomas, like, really fucking kills it in this moment. And like, you you get to this ending in the Overlook where like they're trying to trap her because at this point in the story. They've fucking murdered her, her cult. Yeah, and, like, they, they, and she's they all that's succ- left. They succumbed to bullets. Like, they just sniped these assholes, yeah. which was incredible. Like, all because the little girl was able to fucking, like, manifest herself. Like, she was able to manifest her essence in front of them. And they yeah. fucking started sniping these assholes. And it was incredible. Like, I, I love that they go down to bullets if you're quick enough if you're smart yeah. enough if you can outsmart these ancient fucking things who have like lived for so long yeah. like we, they, like they're not the first people to try to kill them and even then they fucking they lose poor billy yeah who goes but, out like like wow like kill yourself like right before she dies <laughs> fucked up yeah like it's fucked up but like so we get I, a shot we get a shot of of like the maze like they they, they do a callback to the maze which is such an awesome scene oh it's so good like she gets lost in the maze and then we get the cinematic ending that was in the original book where yeah. he's able to blow up the hotel yeah which like which was so weird that they didn't they didn't get the the opportunity to do that in the first one um if you haven't read the book, I'm going to give you a, a bit of a spoiler right now. Uh, Jack still does totally die. But yeah. the original tale of The Shining is one of redemption. 
Jack Torrance has this huge redemption arc at the end because, and they, they play on it in this movie where like, she tells him like your pictures in a book, like you're not real. Like you're, you're showing me something to scare me. And like, but you're not Danny. Like, cause it takes over Danny at one point. And like, he even has like, cause it's, there's the line in the movie where Jack tells it like such a smart boy. It thinks it is. Or like, Uh, no, such a smart boy. It is, or thinks it is. Yeah. And he says the same thing to her. That's from the original Shining. So, like, when she tells him, like, the boiler's on, and he runs to turn it, like, to go shut it off, and he doesn't turn it off, and he lets the, the, the overlook burn, that's yeah. the ending of Shining. That's the ending yeah. of the book. Jack refuses to turn off the boiler. So yeah. the place explodes, and it burns to the ground. And, like, you don't get that. In spectacular and, fashion. It blows up, doesn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, it blows up. Yeah, it blows up and crumbles, and like he hears, like he can hear it screaming, like as yeah. they're as like because Dick survives, Wendy survives, and and Danny survives, mm-hmm. and like as they're he's taking them out of there, Danny can hear the hotel <laughs> screaming, like he can hear it, mm-hmm. and like it's this amazing thing, like where you learn that like Tony is his middle name, like they never they never play on that in either of these movies. Mm-hmm. Danny's middle name is Anthony. That's what Tony is. Like, it's his yeah. subconscious. It's his shine trying to protect them. Yeah. Like, it, it has its own mind. And, like, you learn that in the original movie. You don't really learn that in either of these films. You learn that in the original book, I'm sorry. You don't mm-hmm. learn that really in either of these films. And, like, I don't know, man. They, 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 it's still so very fucking good. And, like... You still get a very satisfying ending in this film. It's it's so fucking good. Yeah, you, it's it's it it turns into a, a redemption story for uh, for Danny, and like he saves he saves the 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 girl by by basically throwing throwing a, a how what's her name I keep forgetting her name a, a top hat Sally or Rose, whatever Rose the hat Rose the hat. Like he he basically throws her to the spirits and she gets eaten by the spirits, right? Which is fucking so amazing to see. It's all, it's all the <laughs> which ghosts is so satisfying, dude. It's, it's such a satisfying so, ending for a villain. It is, dude. And like <laughs> it, the fact that it's the it's the two little girls, it's the the lady in the bathtub, it's the great party, isn't it? Like yeah. it's all these fucking things, and they're just every ghost you see in The Shining is like sucking the steam out of her. And yeah. like they eat her, they eat her essence, and then they just turn on Danny. Like it's and, and like you said, he gets possessed, but he is strong enough to fight them, and he yeah. fights them off, and and he gets he gets Abra out of the house, out of the hotel just as it blows up, yeah. right? And it goes up in flames, and it's this this amazing sight. Of you see this iconic hotel going up in flames and finally, finally being destroyed. Oh, it's right? so satisfying. It's so fucking satisfying to see. Yeah, and 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 Abra is there and she's there to carry on the legacy of I, I, I guess Danny and, and O'Halloran and and the whole the whole situation of are there more out there? Right. Yeah. And now, now the all the I guess you could say I wouldn't say pressure, but I, but like you could say the story is now hers. Yeah, and the story now belongs to her, right? We yeah. went from Danny, and the torch was successfully passed story wise. 
Yeah, and, and it's and they do it very well. Yeah, and it's not done in a way that's like you know, like like thrown away or whatever. Like, uh, it's 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 done in a way to where okay, I'm satisfied that Danny's story is over now. I want to see what happens with Abra, and I and and I want to see if they do a a, a third a third film. I want to see where they go with that. I want to see what Stephen King does with Abra now. You know, right. I'm interested as fucking seeing what they do with it. Like, I hope they yeah. keep going with it. I, I'm interested in yeah. like in the story continuing. Yeah, but that so, would sleep, man. Like, what a fucking amazing film it is. It's so good and it's so worthy of of Stephen King and everything. It's 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 one of the best Stephen. It's it's right up there with like with like uh, uh, with uh, a Pet Cemetery. It's right up there with with a Carrie. Uh, it's right up there with some of the best Stephen King uh, film adaptations. Honestly, uh, yeah. I, I I love it, and it's a worthy successor to uh, to uh, a very worthy and very respectful successor to uh, Stanley Kubrick's film. Even though uh, Stephen King didn't like it too much, but it it yeah. respects both both the film and the the original source material. It would have gone in a full circle if, if Kubrick was still alive. King didn't like Kubrick's version. Kubrick wouldn't have liked Flanagan's version. Yeah, he wouldn't have. I'm sure yeah. he would. But whether you're a fan of the book or the movie, you know, this this is a, a good it's a good balance between both of them, you know. It it, it works very well as as a sequel to the book as well as the the movie. Cuz you also have to realize that Mike Flanagan was giving an impossible task in doing a sequel to a movie that shouldn't have been. Yeah. And then the the, the fact of the matter was it it it, it does exist. It is a movie. Yeah. It's the greatest horror movie of all time and they just handed him this fucking movie and said you do a sequel. And this is fucking <laughs> Warner Brothers, who doesn't know how to keep their fucking fingers out of anything. Like, yeah. I if, like, really kept their fingers out of this fucking pie. I wish they would learn to do that with the goddamn Justice League movies. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just want to end this episode real quick by saying, guys, Mike Flanagan <laughs> is no slouch, dude. Like, oh. uh, check out, like, on Netflix, dude, check out Gerald's Game, another great Stephen King story. Check out The Haunting of Hill House. Okay, the check out The Haunting about to come out. The Haunting of Blind Manor is going to be coming out within the within the next month or so. And yeah, yeah, but this episode's out, man. Yeah, you think? Is it? It might be. Okay. I'm not entirely too sure. But, but yeah, man, and check out, dude. Check out uh, Doctor Sleep. Uh, it, it's a it's a wonderful adaptation of a Stephen King uh, story and an awesome sequel to uh, to Kubrick's Shining. But uh, but right now, man, uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, call it an episode, guys. Uh, it's been an amazing year, and oh, it's and I I can't wait to uh, to keep going with this. Hopefully, at least another year. Hopefully, more. Oh yeah. Thank you for letting us entertain you guys, man. Thank you for tuning in when you do. Uh, thanks yeah. for the feedback from the, from those of you that give us feedback. And to those of you that come on and, and get to be guests on our show, like, yeah. thank you so much for coming on, man. Like, we, we really love and appreciate all you guys. Oh, excuse me. Guys, if any of you guys want to want to jump on and, and uh, talk a talk a specific movie with us or or hell even just just movies in general, let us know, man, and we'll we'll get you on the show. We'll we'll we'll, yeah. uh, we'll shoot the shit with you guys, man. We do everything through social distancing, baby Skype. Yeah. So and and our our schedule is uh, pretty flexible. So uh, just let us know, and uh, we'll get you on, and we'll get your opinions, and uh, we'll uh, agree or disagree depending on what you got. <laughs> that's how we roll yeah so uh next week man uh we're going to be going back 
to the uh, to the 80s with this one, man. Uh, next week, I'm very excited about this one. We're going to be doing uh, Fright Night, the original Fright Night starring Roddy McDowell, and uh, also the remake starring Colin Farrell. Uh, what do you think, man? I am so fucking excited to talk about both of these movies. Uh, I am, I fucking, I love, absolutely love the original and the remake. Um, they're gonna be so much fun to talk about, man. If you guys haven't seen Fright Night, like, man, jump on Prime. It's on the original Fright Night is on Prime right now, mm-hmm. and like, you guys should most certainly jump on it. Like, get together on a date and see it with somebody. See it with your significant other. It is, in my opinion, Fright Night has always been the perfect date movie. Uh, just <laughs> just the right amount of scares and laughter. Like, yeah. it is so good. Like, at the very least, I promise you, you will be entertained. Nice. Okay, well, with that being said, man, thank you guys once again for an amazing year. And uh, cheers to an, to another one year, man. Let's get Hell this yeah. done. All right, until next week, guys, I'm Will. And I'm Bob. And that was the Movie Know It All podcast here on RGB Titan Radio. We are the 956. Have a good one, guys. Later. Are you looking for great local music? Then tune in to RGBTitanRadio.com. We play everything local, like hip-hop, rock, and country. If you want your music played on our radio station, then send your music to playmymusic at rgbtitanradio.com. Once more, that's playmymusic at rgbtitanradio.com. Be sure to send MP3 files that include the names of the track, album, and band or artist along with cover art. rgbtitanradio.com. We are the 956.